Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Infrastructure, the podcast which tells you about everyday infrastructure projects across the UK and around the globe, covering anything from roads to railway to aviation and futuristic projects in the making. We always aim to be both informative and entertaining while having a good laugh along the way. Hosted by me, Martin Lamb and Louis Montford, this time we'll start with your responses about the podcast. Then on this episode, we'll be heading stateside to look at the LaGuardia Airport Redevelopment Programme in New York. This is Infrastructure. One, two, three, four. Well, it seems a long time since we did one of these. It has been a while. <laughs> Well, we've, we've apologies that it's been a bit of a little gap since we did episode number three, but we are here. We've both been away, haven't we, and busy. And Yes. I've been to Menorca. Yeah. You've been um, driving across Europe. Yeah. To Poland. Poland, yeah, to pick a dog up. In a, in a BMW. Uh, marvellous, <laughs> marvellous BMW. Did you have a good trip? Yeah, it was it was good, thanks. Uh, yeah. Like, like I said, we've uh, been to a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, many pubs. Many pubs. Uh, trying the local... Uh, Drinks. Oh, and local local uh, Belgium and Polish beer. I bet that was nice. Yeah, German. that was quite good. There was quite a good Poland in Chelm or Shelm or whatever you want to call it in uh, in Poland, which is on the border between uh, Poland and Ukraine. So okay, that might be a place we should go. You went to rescue a dog as well, didn't you? Which was nice. Yes, um, Cleo, uh, a dog from Ukraine. Um, her owners, her original owners, were killed in the the battle for Kiev. So yeah, it was quite nice actually. It wasn't our dog. It was for a friend, wasn't it? It was for a friend, yeah. yeah. So it was definitely a good trip. How was your little Yeah, jaunt? good, thank you. Went with the family to Menorca. It was getting quite hot. Not quite as raging and on inferno that it is over there at the moment. But uh, yeah, very nice. Very chilled, very relaxed. Uh, nice little island, actually. That is the reason there's been a gap. <laughs> yes, and sinking diaries as well. We've both been on holiday from work, haven't we? So it's been a bit hard to try and find time, hasn't it, really? It hasn't. We're, we're here. First of all, I think before we say anything, let's say the response from the podcast in general has been fantastic, hasn't it? Yeah, so it's, it's always good to... Uh, listen to people's feedback or read people's feedback rather uh, and the statistics are showing that people are listening <laughs> which is good <laughs> we're um, not just sitting here on ourselves talking to ourselves no uh, there has been quite <laughs> yeah. a lot of people that have listened so that is positive and we we definitely thank you for that here's I think, to more listeners i think also the line is the most popular episode so far isn't it i think everyone loves the line it was quite a good topic to talk about and it interests people because it probably affects someone mm. somewhere um, the UK are providing resources, different countries are providing resources, so it's quite interesting to see what each nation is doing to help with the project. And there's a lot of people, there's jobs being advertised. Yeah. Oh, yes, there is. Yeah, we saw that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, lots of procurement jobs and stuff. And we're hoping that we can be one of these people to, to test it when it does eventually get made, don't we? Yes. Definitely. It'll be nice. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, everybody. And don't forget, you can follow us on the Infrastructure Podcast uh, Facebook page. Uh, lots of people have been following it, liking our posts and stuff, so that's great. It's uh, Infrastructure Podcast on Facebook. Go and follow us on there. We'd be uh, appreciated. And maybe give us ideas for future episodes you want us to cover and stuff. That's always all. You know, tell us what you think. Yeah, we've, we've got a good idea of what we want to cover, yeah. but it's always good to hear what the yeah. audience wants to, for us to cover. So if you could... Uh, Drop us a comment and a like. Yeah, definitely a like. At least follow the page anyway. So uh, before we get into this week's uh, topic then, I think since we last spoke on the podcast, we've had, um, because we both work on the rail, we couldn't really not talk about this before we get into this week's subject. Um, and that is about the ticket office closures on the railway, isn't it? Yes, excluding the politics behind it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's something that's uh, definitely worth talking about. Yeah. Um, nationwide, it's going to affect people in the United Kingdom. 
So that's every booking office in the United Kingdom to close under the railway redevelopment plan. And it's important to remember that this isn't just affecting the staff on the railway, but it also affects mm. the travelling public. And the stats that come out with like only 12% of tickets are bought through ticket offices is a, is a bit of a skewed s- a statistic, really, because obviously somewhere like, for example, a beauty spot like in the Lake District is always going to have more people go into it than somewhere in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? So 12% of the amount of tickets sold is still a lot of millions, isn't it? Yeah, and it's also worth remembering the 12% of people that are buying tickets that's still people that require assistance from booking office staff whether that's people with disabilities uh, impairments or traveling public um, from this country or not from this country yeah i find it quite interesting the fact that just because 12 percent of the tickets are sold from our booking office that doesn't mean the 12 percent of the people matter very well put actually i agree with that i think that's true because we, we, we forget about the minorities and people that will struggle to buy a ticket or even older people that don't have a smartphone or, or aren't empowered by technology we're just forcing everybody to go to a, a machine which also what we're forgetting is doesn't offer the full range of tickets or the cheapest options does it no there's um certainly a particular company on the west coast mainline have started now to employ people under a title in order to introduce the full range of tickets to the ticket vending machines. Right. Because they have now said that the staff that are going to be displaced from the booking office won't necessarily have the ability to sell tickets. Right. From the machine? Uh, from a handheld device. Oh, okay. So they'd have to stand at the machine with the person there. Correct. So that's quite interesting. It's also quite interesting the fact that the powers that be are coming out and saying that there will be no station left on staff mm-hmm. when you think about quite a lot of the stations maybe in scotland and wales where it is just a booking office yeah and the staff in the booking office do all the station work maintenance of the station the upkeep of the station and also the help passengers mm-hmm. so i find that quite interesting how they're going to get around that one yeah um because there's plenty of stations in the northwest which just have a member of booking office staff yeah and they help every they do everything for the passengers don't they yeah so that'll be quite interesting to see how they get around that one and i feel like that's probably going to be a um a lie and something else i was reading also saying that it's not one size fits all for example like um, under one operator they want to close all the mainline stations like euston piccadilly and all those but yet on another operator who has less passengers uh, moving over to the east coast side they're going to keep leads open in other words there's no comparable is there even though one might be used more it doesn't necessarily mean that it's that's that one's staying open over the other one so it's important to remember as well the fact that even if a company is deciding to keep 13 booking offices open for example the ultimate goal and the end plan this may take a couple of years but that is to shut them yeah so they have said they want to close every booking office in the united kingdom so even if there's a few staying open and it literally is a few booking offices staying open uh they will be shutting in the next couple of years so if you are listening to this, please get behind the movement. Yeah, yeah. Um, the consultation probably has finished by it, the time you are listening it will to this. Be, yes, today is tomorrow, isn't it, when we're recording? Yeah. It is. However, it is important to share your view, regardless of your opinion on the industrial action. It's important for you to get your opinion across. So please definitely do that. Yeah, and I think also, just to, just to add before we talk about today's subject, is I think the government could, this could be an own goal in the sense that if people find it's too complicated to get tickets, especially older people, they're just not going to travel and use the train. So it could actually mean revenue goes down. Yes, which um, obviously we don't want. We've we've had that the pandemic. Yeah. 
where passenger figures fell dramatically for good reason and now we're getting back on our feet so it's important to keep those passenger numbers up profit into the railway although the profit going into the railway uh, needs to come back into the railway so yes keep the people on the railway we're definitely both against the closures anyway so that's our say on it anyway it is right shall we get on to this week's subject yep this week we're talking about the LaGuardia airport upgrade oh yes very good um which as we know LaGuardia is quite famous for something but we'll, we'll get onto that later in the podcast however LaGuardia airport is an airport located in the northern part of New York City it is one of three major airports serving the New York City metropolitan area along with John F. Kennedy International Airport and Newark Liberty International Airport. LaGuardia Airport is the closest airport to Manhattan, making it a convenient option for travellers visiting or departing from the city. It's famous for its accessibility to Manhattan, its unique design elements, its historic significance and its status as being a bustling transport hub in the New York City area. Yeah, LaGuardia Airport gained attention in recent years due to its ongoing redevelopment project that aims to transform the airport into a modern and state-of-the-art facility, the first new major airport built in the United States in the last 25 years. In 2015, a comprehensive plan to construct a whole new LaGuardia Airport was unveiled with the goal of creating a world-class 21st century passenger experience featuring modern customer amenities, state-of-the-art architecture, more spacious gate areas and a unified terminal system. The $8 billion project, two-thirds of which is funded through private financing, broke ground back in 2016 and was due to be completed in 2026. But due to accelerated work during the pandemic, uh, it is now due for completion just at the end of next year in 2024. So yeah, massive project this. Yes, and it's definitely an interesting project to think about because LaGuardia is quite a big airport itself and it's definitely one that is um, used very well in the New York City area. Have you flown into it? I haven't, but it's definitely one I wouldn't mind flying into because I believe it's got quite a good scenic approach, should we say. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have. I'm trying to think now. I think when I went to Miami, I'm pretty sure I went through... Um, I went to Fort Lauderdale and I'm pretty sure I went into uh, LaGuardia. Yeah, because it's, it, it's very much the London city yeah. of New York, I would compare it to, uh, because it definitely is in the, in the heart of everything, just like London City. Uh, it was opened back in October the 15th, 1939, and it was named after, I'm trying to pronounce this, is it, is it Fielio LaGuardia, who served as the mayor of New York City during that time and was instrumental in its development? Yeah, I'll let you butcher the pronunciation on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But LaGuardia Airport is one of the busiest airports in the United States. In 2019, before COVID-19 pandemic, it served over 31 million passengers. Compare that to the 80.9 million passengers at London Heathrow in 2019. Then you can just see why it is just under half. So it's about half of Heathrow, basically. So they're probably, like you're saying, London City is a good comparison then to it, really. Yeah, we don't have the stats on London City, but I suppose it is a very similar. Possibly smaller, maybe, city. Uh, comparable size, anyway. Yeah. Uh, it also serves as a hub for several major airlines, including American Airlines and Delta Airlines. It offers numerous domestic flights to destinations across North America with limited international flights. So it is it's just a domestic airport then. Yeah, well, I was actually watching a, a video last night of San, Fran San Francisco airport, and um, I was quite impressed to see there's a lot of domestic flights in America. Obviously, it is quite large, but some of these flights take only an hour and it could be like a seven eight hour nine hour drive mm. for example so there is quite a big domestic market in the u.s for flights i suppose we're different because we're an island here so you can drive a lot of places around here you don't need to fly but we're out there 
you need to fly to get from uh, from state to state, don't you? You know, quite quickly. Mm. LaGuardia Airport is the closest airport to Manhattan, making it a convenient option for travelers visiting New York City. The airport is located approximately eight miles, that's 13 kilometers, from Midtown Manhattan. It has played a significant role in the development of commercial aviation in the United States. The airport has four main terminals, Terminal A, B, C and D. Terminal B is the largest and the most recognisable, with Delta's brand new Terminal C opening for passengers last year. Yeah, it also got uh, two parallel runways, runway 422 and runway 1331, which handle the airport's flight operations. Uh, these runways are relatively short, it says, in comparison to other major airports, uh, with runway 422 being the shortest at 2,135 metres and mainly used for smaller aircraft, with the bigger runway being 2,744. Uh, these runway lengths are subject to change or variation based on factors such as maintenance, runway configuration and operational requirements. Well, runway direction is here. For example, runway 13 and 31 is the same runway for people wondering. It is just based on the heading of the runway. Oh, so it's just one runway, basically, which depends which way you're heading then, does Correct. It? Oh, I didn't so, know that. Um, you'll have the different markings on the runway. Yeah. Uh, so when you see the big numbers on the runway, it uh, denotes the heading of the runway. Oh, really? I didn't know that. So, yeah. So if you're, for example, 23 right at Manchester Airport, uh, is literally heading of 230 so it's just a coordinate then really it is yeah it's um it's been there years and it's still recognizable on the runway now along with the various other other markings yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of uh railway mark railway uh, aviation markings isn't there around the runways anyway yeah so you've got the touchdown markings and and the likes and the christmas trees people would like to oh, yes. call it the nice light up lights that uh, direct the pilots towards the runway but yes um the runway numbers is based on heading so let's specifically talk about the redevelopment project then. There's quite a lot of stuff to go through in each of these kind of sections and what they've been doing really since, since 2016. So the idea of originally was to address the airport's outdated terminals and capacity constraints. The upgrade of expected to be two years ahead of schedule uh, in 2024, and it's now around 95% complete. So we're talking about a project that is kind of at the end end of the timescale now, isn't it? They're just finishing off the, the last few bits. And it's, it's actually quite good to talk about a project that is near completion, but also still got a little bit to go because there's still a bit of scope for speculation. But there's a lot we can already go back and speak about. And the goal of it is all to create a modern world-class airport facility that improves the passenger experience, enhances operational efficiency and reflects the vibrant and dynamic spirit of New York City, which which we all know about. Have you been to New York? I haven't, have you? Yes, I have been to New York. About 20 years ago, though, it is a kind of one of those places that you won't forget if you, if you went. I think I went the year after September the 11th, so things were still quite raw there. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's very... It's like you see in the movies, really, with the yellow cabs, the maces, and it's bustling. It's what you'd expect, Times Square. It's got a great vibe to it. I was meant to be going, actually, to New York City in 2020. So it's, I'll probably have to go back at some point. I do want to do it in America. Yeah. Time. Maybe I can fly into LaGuardia. You could do. You got to now. Well, yeah, after speaking about it today. And some of the other stats there. There's quite a few stats, isn't there, about this as well, about, it, about the central terminal. Yeah, the redesigned central terminal has 35 gates across two concourses and features retail space spanning four storeys, 850,000 square foot arrivals and departure hall, which houses check-in, baggage claim, security screening. Go on, please say sorry. 
Go ahead. Okay, I'll go. Uh, I was going to say, the new uh, 485-foot sky bridge, now this sounds impressive, this thing, uh, offers a direct route between the Western Concourse and the Arrivals and Departures Hall with views of the Manhattan skyline. It stretches over active airplane taxi lanes and was built with over 2,500 tonnes of steel. So it sounds massive. That's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, I think so. Great for people who just want to sit down, relax, and look at the view. Yeah. Especially if they're not going into Manhattan. You know, some people, it may be a layover location for some people, although I don't think LaGuardia Airport has much of that transfer of flights, but you never know. Uh, I suppose if you're going maybe internal to internal, maybe, then you're doing some, you know, two short hubs or something, possibly. Yeah, that might be it. So, yeah, the, the centrepiece of the redevelopment project is the construction of new Terminal B. So this is the main terminal. It opened a new concourse and gates back in July 2019, and the new terminal is designed to provide a more spacious, modern and efficient passenger experience featuring state-of-the-art technology, increased gate capacity and improved retail and dining options. The passenger facilities were completed in January 2022 with its second pedestrian skybridge, so another skybridge, as one of the airport's signature architectural features and the terminal alone cost 5.1 billion out of that 8 billion project. It's important to remember that is just one terminal. Yeah. Terminal B only. <laughs> Updated Terminal C, this primarily serves Delta Airlines and was completed in June 2022. The expansive new Terminal C nearly doubled in size to the two terminals it replaced. It has soaring floor-to-ceiling windows, 21st century technology and locally inspired concessions. The upgrade includes expanded gate capacity, modernised facilities and more cohesive design with Terminals B. So really then, we've got two terminals here. Both have been upgraded um, and improving the passenger experience, really. I mean, I'm not going to name the airport in the UK that I flew from recently, but I found it very cramped. It was only a small airport, but uh, I don't want to name it. But um, what I'm going to say is that 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 passenger experience wasn't really there. It was busy. There was people everywhere. It felt very crowded, whereas this sounds like expansive and it's a better experience before you go on holiday or wherever you're travelling to. Well, I suppose it's important to get the, the right feel before you go on holiday. Um, look at Manchester Airport, for example. Um, they've got some new terminals being built, and they're much, much, much better than the old ones, the 1960s kind of yeah. crappy concrete design. Brutalistic. Yeah, not the word. So it is It is nice to see something a bit more modern entering, entering the world, because airports are always going to change and because they need to meet requirements of A, new aircraft, and B, passenger demand. Mm. And with airports, the signage as well is always so perfect spot on isn't it have you noticed when you go into an airport everything is really easy i mean nowadays they design it so everything flows in but the signage is always amazing isn't it you can't get lost in an airport so before i went to ukraine actually i was at um, an airport and that's one thing i said to the people i was traveling with you never find someone asking where a gate is really no but i've certainly never heard that yeah it's so easy to get around and there's no staff on the floor to direct people because you don't need that because people know where they're going if you take a railway station, for example, that's completely different. But I don't know if the passenger attitude is slightly different. Yeah, that's true. When people go into a station, they tend to lose their brain a little bit, don't they? And, and, and don't really know where they're going. But with an airport, everyone seems to find their way. And it is funny that. I suppose with an airport, though, comparing it to a railway station, there's no intermediate stops at an airport. So, for example, the plane's not going to mm. Dubai, but stopping at jerusalem or something i don't know that's a weird routing <laughs> <laughs> um dubai by jerusalem <laughs> that'd be an interesting flight to go on <laughs> um but i suppose that's the difference there there's multiple stops on a, a, a railway yeah um 
service so i did fly into israel once actually that was the weirdest experience of my entire life as a cameraman that is when i had to share a room with a journalist as well and oh it was just weird it's I wouldn't weird. mind going actually ll i flied in on as well and it was the weird i don't know it was just weird a weird trip that's what i remember about israel talking about jerusalem yes <laughs> anyway yes. You, you've inspired me um yeah and also the new uh, central hall we'll see the between the two terminals so uh, connecting terminals b and c uh, creating a unified terminal system the central hall houses uh, security screening checkpoints retail and dining outlets and other passenger services it improves connectivity between the terminals and streamlines the passenger journey so then that's again something else that we're combining the two halls together in the terminals and it's a seamless experience the main aim of the project is feel like he's made to make sure it's a better passenger experience yeah that's what i'm getting from it so i wonder how terrible the original body airport was <laughs> yeah if you've been there tell us <laughs> yeah definitely comment on that but by, by the upgrade work it sounds like it's quite a mega project and the other thing about housing security screens this is the one thing i hate about um airports and again as a cameraman just to tell you i used to take a lot of kit through security and i used to hate the fact that your buzz your bag gets buzzed and you go down the little it goes off the little special conveyor button you have to get there and they swab it and everything but the queues is the other thing isn't it it just takes so long to get through security in this day and age i mean there's some airports now where you don't actually have to take your liquids out yeah that's going to be changing across the country a world isn't it i think soon is it in the next few years they've got these new um screen machines haven't they now um i'm pretty sure when i flew out of london city actually they've got them they're the first i think in the uk and it is quite it makes it so much easier yeah it's so much more streamlined and i suppose it increases the level of security because you definitely hear a lot of scare stories coming from america where they they plant stuff in people's bags to see if oh, the yeah. security and um, if they find it if they find it and you hear a lot of scare stories the fact that they don't and it just gets through so i suppose um this new technology increases security as well and it's still one of the, the safest ways to get about isn't it um even though we you know we, we say about the rigmarole that you have to go through to to, to, to go on the plane um but it's still a, a lovely experience but that does put some people off doesn't it that whole security process sometimes it makes people's anxiety worse which you can you can understand because you don't have to go for this uh, to get mm. on a train, for example. But I don't think it's something we can maybe... I don't think it's something we can get rid of. No, I mean, we don't want to take the importance away of doing the safety checks because without it, you know, who knows what people will be put, bringing on planes and stuff. But um, Well, it was definitely heightened, wasn't it, after the 9-11 incident? Yeah. Um, Is that when liquids were stopped being taken, wasn't it? I'm pretty the, sure, yeah. Because that was the reason some of the bombs were liquid base weren't they yeah and there was a, i don't think a, there was a lot of metal detection in every air but nor was it required of no so yeah security is always a win definitely transportation infrastructure the upgrade project extends beyond the terminals this includes the construction of new roadways parking garages and improved taxiways to enhance ground transportation efficiency and reduce congestion around the airport Sustainability and environment focus. The redevelopment of the program emphasizes sustainability and environmental considerations. The new terminals are being designed with energy efficient systems, sustainable materials and the latest certification standards. Additionally, the project includes efforts to reduce emissions, enhance stormwater management and improve noise mitigation. Uh, for example, Terminal B was built to provide 43% in water savings and an 18% reduction in energy costs. Uh, most of the debris from Terminal B's garage demolition were repurposed for the new construction, according to the Port Authority, and even the baggage handling system was designed to save on energy with a sleep mode that only moves when bags are present. So again, another massive thing is energy saving. 
Yeah, which uh, we have discussed before in our previous episodes. Yeah. Especially at the line, for example, that was a very sustainable project, use of solar panels, wind power and stuff like that. So um, I feel it's important and probably a requirement now to at least introduce some sort of um, sustainable energy making. Because those stats are quite good, aren't they? 43% in water savings, that's almost half, and 18% reduction in, in energy, that's a fifth. So massive savings. Yeah, especially when you've got a large building like that, it's, it's, that is going to definitely save a lot of electricity and the usage and wastage, for example. And the only final bit they've got left to do now, the final piece of the puzzle, is the original terminal which must be demolished in order to open the remaining gates and the taxiway underneath the new Western Skybridge. Uh, LaGuardia is the only airport in the world to have a dual pedestrian skybridge, according to the airport officials. One of a kind. I wouldn't mind going to do that, like, like, like I said before, it would be quite A dual pedestrian skybridge, so that's pretty cool. And with the dual skybridge, by skybridge, people don't know what a skybridge is, and with you, with your aviation knowledge, Louis, uh, what do we call a skybridge then? What do we define that as? Oh my god, you're asking me that. <laughs> I assume it's just like a bridge over the to extend to the new terminals. Could you know all the, the thing, these facts about the thing? Well, that's what I was thinking, isn't it? The skybridge is the thing that connects all the terminals, isn't it? No, I... the satellites are the other things where the, the gates come out, aren't they? Yeah, so they're jetways. Jetways, yeah. Which attach to the... I thought satellites. No. Okay. Um, we, we, might be, and maybe I've got it wrong. Um, but so the jetways or satellites um, are the things that extend out to the aircraft on the port side of the air, the aircraft, hence why it's called an airport. Um, and then you've got the sky bridges or the linkways, just like Manchester Airport has, for example. If you're familiar with Manchester Airport, I assume that is what connects the terminals to together. the thing. Yeah. So it's the walkways between the main terminal building and the where the gates come off I'm yeah assuming. but by the sounds of it it sounds like it goes over taxiways well yeah it sounds big doesn't it this place i mean it's, I mean, it's america's big anyway isn't it so i'm assuming it's a gigantic airport this yes but it is you've got to think about it has got a little bit of a size constraint hasn't it because yeah. it is on an island for example yes. yeah, yeah. um but certainly if you do want to visualize the project a little bit more while we're talking about it you can head to the facebook page where there'll oh, yes. be photos oh yes of yeah. the the um the airports you can see what what we're discussing and visualise it and make it a bit easy for you to understand as well. I'm pretty sure when we were doing the research for this, I was looking at some of the pictures, and the Terminal B is massive. I mean, you think London City, we think that's a small airport, but everything in America is massive anyway. So their, their small terminal is going to be massive compared to our standards. So it's a big project and compared to the fact it's on an island. Yeah, and it, like I said, with those passenger statistics, it's important to have such a big space and capacity for the future. Mm. Certainly, you need to build for the future. There's a lot of projects that are finishing now, which they're either extending because they haven't got an influx in passengers and they're having to build another station. There's something other, so mm-hmm. it's important to have future proofing in your design. So even if it's not anywhere near the capacity at the moment, it certainly has room for for more. And something about airport, you know, expansion and redevelopment—that's something in this country that's quite controversial, isn't it? I'm thinking about Heathrow and the and the and the extra runway they want to build. Yeah, we're not good, are we? We don't. It's a difficult one, really, because a lot of people want, you know, you want to expand it, you want to attract business into the UK, you want more flights. But on the downside of it, it's terrible for the environment. Uh, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Expansion of aviation, I think. Yeah, and I think I f- feel like in this country we do have a lot of NIMBY people, which is not in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, which you can understand to an extent, because Heathrow, adding the third runway is going to create more noise, more traffic. Yeah, there is obviously business benefits to this and travel benefits for people who use Heathrow, but there is also the other side of the coin where 
it's bad for the environment, it's taking up green space. And let's be honest, we are an island. Mm. We don't have a lot. I mean, we do, but if we keep expanding things, maybe we'll just have little pockets of green space. And the thing is, if we don't expand the airports, the flip side also you're saying about the coin is that we don't attract the business and the economy doesn't grow as well. People forget that aviation is a big, you know, it adds a lot, doesn't it, to the to the GDP and stuff of the country and stuff and bringing that business into the UK and investment. Well, even if the third runway built at Heathrow isn't used for passenger flights, think about the freight opportunities. Mm. The third runway can add additional freight services to the UK and probably build another freight freight terminal. Uh, whether they're just coming into the UK to supply the business in the UK or the, it's a, a layover location, uh, look at DHL. They have massive distribution centres in America at their airport. So I feel like we need probably something a bit bigger in this country and maybe that's... Mm the plan with the third runway as well and i just forget also a lot of the planes now the the neos and stuff and the dreamliner they're all much more fuel efficient aren't they so the airlines and the plane manufacturers boeing airbus they are trying to do things to make things better for the environment themselves yeah and certainly aircraft now with uh, new engines for example the a320 neo which is, stands for new engine option you'll notice they have like a serrated edge on the back of the engine cowling. Okay, yeah. And that is to reduce noise, and it definitely works. Okay. All you need to do is uh, stand at Heathrow, let a, an older aircraft go past without the serrated edges on the back of the engine cowling uh, versus something that does, and you'll really notice the, the noise difference. It dissipates the sound a lot better. So even having the third runway, it might generate a little bit more noise. However, with the new engine options that are out there, uh, from Rolls-Royce and Trent and the likes, it probably won't re- increase the noise that much. Yeah, because the pandemic's accelerated replacement of um, bigger planes, isn't it? The 747s, a lot of them are even retired now. So we're, we're going for smaller planes that travel longer distances and better fuel economy is the way for aviation, isn't it? Really yeah, now? and there's been a, a study done which now shows our air travel habits are changing. Companies don't want large aircraft like the A380, the 747 anymore. Hence why a lot of the Airbus A380s are actually being scrapped or sold to other operators because airlines now prefer mid-body, long-range aircraft. Mm. Even some of the transatlantic companies, Air Transat, for example, are now using what was originally like a narrow-body aircraft, an A321, for example. So there's a lot of companies out there who don't want large aircrafts anymore. They'd rather put on three more flights a day with a more fuel-efficient aircraft and have more capacity in yeah. the outlook anyway. Okay, just before we kind of sum up then, there is something, a famous story, isn't there, about uh, LaGuardia Airport that you wanted to share with us? I suppose that's why people most know LaGuardia Airport, yep. which people should remember, Cactus 1549, which is US Airways 1549, um, which was actually the miracle on the Hudson. And we'll tell you a little bit more about it. LaGuardia Airport and US Airways Flight 1549 connected through a notable incident that took place on January the 15th, 2009, which was also made into the film Sully in 2016, starring Tom Hanks as Sully. US Airways Flight 1549 was a scheduled domestic passenger flight from LaGuardia Airport to Charlotte Douglas International Airport in North Carolina. During takeoff, just a few minutes into the flight, the aircraft, the Airbus A320, struck a flop of Canada geese causing both engines to lose power. Like, that must be quite frightening for everyone involved. The pilot, Sully, and First Officer Skiles made the quick decision to attempt an emergency landing. And I believe they looked at various airports. Mm -hmm. Um, 
obviously you're panicking in that situation. Well, yeah, you've got no engine, so you're falling from the sky, aren't you, at that point? Yes. Due to the loss of power and the inability to reach an airport for convenient landing, they opted to land the aircraft on the River Hudson. If you haven't watched the film, Sully, it's an incredible watch. It is, yeah. And you realise what they went through. Yeah, because the successful water landing was known, has been known, come to known as the miracle on the Hudson, isn't it? It gained worldwide attention and praise. And this is the amazing thing, I think, about this, that all 155 passengers and crew members on board were evacuated safely with no fatalities or serious injuries reporting, which just showcases the skill of all the uh, flight crew. Because mm, it's not easy to land a plane on water. No. I'm, not, I'm not knowing from experience. No, but, but you can imagine. Certainly it's... landing an aircraft on the water, you've got to keep the wings level so you yeah. don't end up basically cartwheeling along the water. Correct, yeah. And Keeping the nose up, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. So I believe you almost stall it into the water. Jeez. Because um, you don't want to hit the water too hard, but you don't want to. You don't want to glide along either. So. And the loads of boats came by to rescue people, didn't they? All the boats on the on the Hudson came to rescue people. So it was a, it was a real big effort, wasn't it, from from the community as well? Again, it it goes to show that people can come together to help uh, people in need. The Guadalupe Airport played a significant role in this event and it was the departure point for US Airways Flight 1549. Following the emergency landing, the rescue and recovery efforts were coordinated from the Guadalupe Airport. The airport's proximity to the Hudson River facilitated the prompt response by emergency services, ensuring the safe evacuation for passengers from the aircraft and their subsequent transport to the airport. And the other thing is the incident brought, didn't it, attention to the importance of bird strike prevention measures at airports and led to enhanced efforts to mitigate bird hazards in aviation, So, which is another good thing. Yeah, that's, again, not just the United States, but everywhere around the world. You do see um, bird patrol cars at airports, mm. don't you, firing blank caps just to scare birds off because you really don't want a bird going into the engine. No. Especially... Um, before the rotation speed, for example, because it really does create a challenge yep. for the pilots, and it's not—it's a very, very big issue. Well, I think then to kind of sum up, uh, there isn't too much to sum up really. I mean, I think the development, of redevelopment, is a, is a good idea. It's going to make security quicker, and it's going to improve the passenger experience. I'm all for um, upgrades of airports because I think there is too many poorly laid out airports across the world. Yeah, certainly, a lot of airports are upgrading now, and that's probably due to research of passenger habits and and maybe covid has accelerated quite a lot of these these projects so as bad as it was it's uh, definitely added some bonus to uh, certain projects well this is now your opportunity to tell us what you think about today's topic uh, laguardia airport redevelopment program have you been to the new improved airport or the old airport and and seen the improvement uh, what do you think as a passenger what are your views on modern airport engineering and infrastructure and what can today's airports offer us what about noise and environmental factors of airports and what they are doing to mitigate this We've, we did touch on that as well so yeah if you're interested uh, and want to take part in the show we can read some of the best ones out on the next episode whatever your view send us your text on 07520 633 or email us at podcast at uk. Don't forget to check out all the past episodes of Infrastructure on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and Mixcloud. All the details are on our new Facebook page at Infrastructure Podcast. In our next episode, we're heading to Belgium to Ooh. talk about the Charleroi Metro. A metro system built in the 1980s, finished but never opened. Until now. Oh, looking forward to that one. Thanks for joining us again for our latest edition of Infrastructure with Louis and Martin. We'll see you for another episode soon. In the meantime, it's goodbye from us. Goodbye. Bye.